It's so sad, you see. We're going to study a group called the Sadducees on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. I don't want to be a Sadducee. It's so sad, you see. Maybe you're familiar with that uh, children's song. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of Inverse. The Sadducees, a group of Jews that were alive during Jesus' day, and along with the Pharisees and some other groups, they were uh, engaging with Jesus in, in different ways. Uh, this is Inverse. My name's Justin, and in the studio we have Callie and Sebastian and John. Hey, guys. Aloha. Hey. Say hi to you guys out there. We are studying the topic of what happens to you when you die. It's called The State of the Dead. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and download and to take it out and put it on your phone and put it on your refrigerator in every single way and study <laughs> the topic called Beyond Death. Beyond Death. It may sound like a morbid theme, but I don't know about you guys. After studying this out, it actually takes the terror aspect away out of death. And yep. it, there's a lot of spiritual... I always use the word juice. I don't know if that's the right word I want to use here. Meat? But a lot of a lot of spiritual value yeah. to to uh, to everything. Anyway, so we're gonna have a word of prayer and we'll get into it. Uh, we want to encourage you to get your Bibles out. We're gonna go to Luke chapter twenty, and uh, Callie, if you can pray for us before we start. Absolutely, Father in heaven, thank you that we have nothing to fear um, in death. Thank you that. You have given us so much clarity on this topic and of even the, the unknown from where we stand. And I pray that you would guide us as we study today. Um, give us more clarity, more understanding, and may we see your heart more clearly because of the time we spend in your word. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, in Jesus' time, there were different political groups out there. There were the Pharisees. And according to the children's song, they were not fair, you see. Mm, yeah. yes. And there were the they Sadducees, were. who are sad, you see. Mm -hmm. was, uh, the hypocrites, who were yeah. not hip, hip with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there was one more. Babylon and on and on. Oh, is Babylon? Yeah, okay. Babylon. Yeah. Not during Jesus' time, but still another, <laughs> another fun, fun, fun word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now we're going to study the Sadducees <laughs> in chapter 20, <laughs> chapter 20 of Luke, verse 27. And uh, Hervalta, can you read that for us I in verse, verse 27? <laughs> All right, let's read. Then some of the Sadducees, Sadducees, <laughs> Sadducees, Sadducees, yeah, you've been messing me up here. Sorry. Uh, who denied that there is a resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife, and he dies without children, his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, and the first took a wife and died without children. And the second took her as a wife, and he died childless. Then the third took her, and in like manner the seven also, and they left no children and died. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife does she become? For all seven had her as wife. Okay, Sebastian, do you have any siblings? I have six. Six yes. brothers? Uh, four brothers, two sisters. Mm. How do you feel that if you were living in an Old Testament times and <laughs> you were to have died, 
your brother would have to have married Candace. And yeah, no. For whatever <laughs> reason, this there's a there's like a male genetic uh, disease going on here that all these brothers are dying without children. Without children. Yeah, no. Um, I I would personally resurrect. <laughs> you would personally resurrect <laughs> Absolutely. yourself. So clearly, you're not listening that would to be, our Bible study. Would, <laughs> you don't have the power of resurrection. That's oh, I, I want to know the power of his resurrection. That's <laughs> okay, Paul, okay. just in case. All right, all right. But yeah, no. I it's definitely a crazy concept not only as the brother but i can imagine also as the wife because it's <laughs> like you're married to this person oh it's your brother and then it's like hey you know you should probably have children so you don't lose your inheritance yeah you know deuteronomy 25 verse 5 so it's like a crazy um idea that seems to create some tension right mm. with this idea that when you die you sleep and that there's a resurrection at all um, and the connection to that. And obviously they have certain assumptions they're making about what happens in that resurrection, that mm -hmm. relationships continue as they were, on and on and on and on. Yeah, they, uh, you know, one thing that, that, that's pretty clear in the Gospels is don't try to trap Jesus. No. Because <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't work every single time after time. And Good luck they with that. And continue to do <laughs> so. Works. Now, it's usually the Pharisees and, and, and the hypocrites or the scribes uh, that come to him. But in this case, yeah. a very specific instance where the Sadducees come. Mm -hmm. Can you guys share a little bit more about what you know about the Sadducees and, and a little bit of background, Kelly? Yeah, well, one thing that stands out is what's in verse 27. Okay. Uh, the Sadducees, we see a key belief of theirs mm -hmm. in this context is mm -hmm. they deny there's a resurrection. Mm -hmm. And they denied it based on two things. One is that this idea wasn't in the Pentateuch. Okay. And two, because they couldn't like prove it scientifically. Like there was no evidence for them. Like we can't touch it. We can't see it. So we're just like, that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. So that's even the premise of their question. They're not coming to seek knowledge. They're just like, like, it's like they're giving like a tongue twister to Jesus or like this really crazy hypothetical situation. Be like, oh yeah, even resurrection would happen. So there's all these, so they're just, they're almost like, they're just trying to make fun of him mm. and this belief. They're not actually coming for genuine knowledge. They still got it because Jesus is happy to share the truth at any time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the what, what are some modern day Sadducee manifestations mm. today? Yeah, I mean, uh, naturalism, uh, the idea that what you see is all we have. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, 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 you know, evolution and just basically cutting out God, cutting out anything s spiritual out of mm -hmm. the picture uh, is definitely uh, along the same lines. Uh, in the same way, you know, secularism goes along with that. Uh, you're just very materialistic focus, which is interesting because the Sadducees were religious, but they just didn't think that there was more beyond death. Uh, it was just that the life is, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we see uh, similar worldviews popping up here and there as well today. Mm -hmm. Also, no, you just, you just, just put a yeah. caveat. You did mention uh, evolution. Yes, uh, we do believe in in, in micro evolution. Mm -hmm. Things evolve genetically. We see there's clear evidence for that. Yeah, what you're right. saying is macro evolution. Yes, yes, and of course. Filling in the gap, saying, "Hey, there's a monkey, and that's my that's my dad." You know, kind right. of thing. Okay, right. thanks right. for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also the the um, modern technical sort of hermeneutical approach to interpreting the Bible, the historical critical method. Yes. Right, that mm -hmm. kind of takes yeah. this mindset that, oh yeah, things don't happen today, so therefore it didn't happen then. They're using it as an analogy to teach a, a spiritual lesson. So there's no global floods, right? There's no manna falling from heaven. It's just an analogy to say that God provided, right? And yes. in this sense, they would look at resurrections the same. Yes. Like people didn't, so, and I, and I think that's really interesting along with Callie's point about people who will choose certain passages or parts of the Bible to have more authority than others, right? With yeah. them focusing on the Pentateuch and everything else is just commentary, yeah. right? So, well, we're going to just disregard Elisha 
and the man coming back to life, hitting the bones, like in First Kings, like we're just gonna ignore mm -hmm. that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, no, that's not real like biblical teaching, that's just commentary mm -hmm. on the Pentateuch. Mm -hmm. So even in our modern day, we see certain people emphasize the New Testament over the Old Testament or yeah. the Old Testament over the New in the same mindset, which mm -hmm. still carries that spirit of the Sad of Sadduceeism you know, today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the great uh, Protestant principle of tota scriptura. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us are familiar with sola scriptura, where it's like, hey, it's only the Bible, you base salvation on what scripture, only scripture teaches. Yep. But you also have tota scriptura, when, you know, so prima scriptura, but we're not, we don't have time for that. So for tota scriptura <laughs> is when, you know, you have the Bible, and I don't know, if maybe you have, some of you are out there have that have the persuasion that some parts of the Bible are better than the others. It's not better in terms of more favorite, but it's more inspired than the others. Mm -hmm. So like you said, some people take the New Testament as more inspired than right. the Old Testament, yep. or some of the Psalms are more inspired than Esther, or, uh, and then in the case that you gave was the Pentateuch, the first five, five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, are more inspired than, than the rest of the Old Testament. You, get, you can get into problems there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Clear problems. Absolutely. And you're not, you're not, really, you're, you're not really finding the, the beauty and the vastness of the truth when you choose to just go with this one boxed mm -hmm. definition, right? Because to me, the heart of Sadduceeism is um, the, the essence of this quote that I love, which is the eyes will never see what the heart cannot accept. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it doesn't matter how much evidence, it doesn't matter how many biblical verses, I'm just gonna keep moving the goalposts. Well, is it in the Pentateuch? Right. Well, is it here? Well, show me a verse where it says this specifically. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's because in your heart, you just don't want to believe that. Mm -hmm. And there's no one more deaf than a person refuses to listen. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it doesn't matter what evidence you present. And that's what we see as you were talking about people trying to trap Jesus, they weren't coming, right, for learning or true dialogue. It's just, this is what I see and I won't accept anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Kelly? This is especially a good point to remember in the greater context of understanding what happens when you die, mm. because we've been looking before at some difficult passages where yes. like, if you just are like, this is the one inspired text mm -hmm. about the state of the yep. dead, then it's like you have a very incomplete picture, and even if not a confusing picture. And so in constructing our understanding of what does the Bible say about X, we need to take all of scripture, all the passages that relate to that directly, indirectly, mm -hmm. and then find the composite picture. Mm -hmm. And that's how we understand what truth mm -hmm. is. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of coding, coding language you're putting in there. back end. All right, so let's continue, jo Jonathan. Oh no, let's continue. Uh, verse yeah. thirty. I heard you breathe in. Usually, when people breathe in, they want to say something. Else. So, all right, verse thirty-four. And Jonathan, you can read that for sure. us. Sure. <laughs> Jesus answered and said to them, "The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage." nor can they die anymore, for they are equal to the angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But even Moses showed in the burning bush passage that the dead are raised when he called the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. For he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Okay, so let's, uh, let's define our terms a little bit. Jesus mm -hmm. is talking about resurrection. Um, share with us, Akali, um, tell me a little bit more about, uh, and we covered it in past episodes already, mm -hmm. but maybe someone's watching for the first time. Yeah. What is this resurrection? When does it occur? How many of them are there? How do I partake? <laughs> How do I get the, the Groupon on, on, on one of them? <laughs> the Groupon. Yeah. So there are different resurrections. So there's the resurrection of the righteous. Mm. Um, there's the resurrection of the wicked. And these things also, they don't happen 
like right when you die. So mm -hmm. you don't like, I don't know, there's, there's all these different beliefs I can't keep track of. But it's not like you die for a second and you go yeah, straight right up. Yeah, some people believe the minute you die, like you know, yeah, yeah. you have flights, and then you see St. Peter and he's there on the judgment scene. And, oh, you so know, it's you not have a, a resurrection. You have a like, ticket what is or that? not to get into Disney That's true. World. Yeah. You always get to get past Peter and <laughs> yeah. like yeah. trick him or something. Yeah. And run past him. Okay, mm. that's not a thing. Yeah. Mm. All right, so. Yeah, no biblical scripture <laughs> uh, support for that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so there's different resurrections, and uh, this happens at the end of time, so when, when Jesus comes the second time. So Jesus okay. came the first time, Jesus came the second time. So I think Jesus it's... Jesus come the third time. Yes, Jesus come the third time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so there's different resurrections. I think you guys said on the last episode, I was half listening, about like you wake up at the wrong resurrections, you mm. don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, so there's also different things that happen in there, where like where we're judging the righteous and judge, like making sure... I'm making sure, but looking through the books and understanding why God made the decisions that he did yes, yes. and justifying his character and all these different things. So all of this, though, like we kind of bunch it all together. Mm -hmm. um, not We don't usually don't bring the, the opening of the books together, but we're like, oh, yeah, so you die, you go straight to heaven or hell. But it's there is the sleep. And so the resurrection that he's talking about is when Jesus comes back. Okay. Um, those, so those resurrections are. Hold, hold your thought because yeah. we have to come back, not from the resurrection, <laughs> but from this commercial break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. You're back. You are resurrected on our side of the show here. Uh, <laughs> Callie, give us more insight into what Jesus is. This is a very, very fun interaction, like fun in the sense yeah, yeah. That, that Jesus is going to win this argument. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, even at the very end, just to skip really quick to verse 40, it says, but after that, they dared not question him anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're like, okay, yes. don't, don't mess with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of things in here, but one thing that I love, we mentioned earlier that the Sadducees restricted their inspired text to the Pentateuch, yeah. and Jesus clearly disagreed with that because he quoted other passages, but he's like, even restricted to that, this point of the resurrection is still true. Mm -hmm. So in verse 37, it says, but even Moses showed in the burning bush passage, which is in Exodus, mm -hmm. that the dead are raised when he called the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, for he is not the God of the dead, but of the living for all live to him. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, even restricted as you are, and like, the truth is still there, mm -hmm. and you were just unwilling to see it. And I just, mm -hmm. and that's also the part where they're just like, awesome. okay, don't talk to Jesus anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and just to kind of build off of that point, in Matthew chapter 22, Matthew which is the, 22. which is the parallel to okay. this story, okay. um, in Matthew's gospel, in verses 29 and 30. Matthew 22, 29 30. through 30. Okay. Yep. And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said to them, "You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God." Mm. And so, and then he says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. So when you look at this, Jesus is saying, even the scriptures you claim to be the authority, <laughs> you erroneously understand and interpret. Yeah. So Christ is saying the, the fundamental premise of your question is that you don't understand and really know the scriptures. You don't really know the Bible. Mm. And you've already also failed to know the power of God. And, and this is not just the power of God in terms of like the belief in the power of God, right? Because I don't think a Sadducee would believe that God does not have power, right? Or authority based on the things in the Pentateuch, right? Such as the burning bush or the mountain when he gave the law in Exodus 20. Mm -hmm. So here he's dealing with the fact that even on a personal level, they fail to experience the power of God, 
which also influences their willingness to accept that God has the power to even create this external resurrection, mm -hmm. right, of bringing the body back to life, which is ultimately a part of redemption. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, going off of Callie's point, it's like you're, even in your own authoritative source, it's there. And how is it that you didn't see it? Because you really don't know, even your own authoritative source, even in the Pentateuch. Mm -hmm. And it just shows that the Bible has a common thread throughout out of it all of it, no matter what book or source or part of it that you choose, the truth is always present and hidden there mm -hmm. in plain sight for those who are true seekers. Mm -hmm. But for someone who refuses right to see it, even in their very own, I'm only a New Testament person, it's there, but yeah. it's, I don't want to see it. So yeah. I'm just going to ignore that. And that's what Jesus's response mm -hmm. proves. It's everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You see uh, in, in, uh, in verse 37 when, when Jesus refers where, to... Uh, where are you? You're uh, sorry, Luke 20. I'm oh, back, back to Luke 20. Luke, yeah. Luke 20, 37. Yeah, Jesus yeah. refers back to the burning bush passage and says, you know, uh, that um, uh, Moses showed the burning bush passage that the dead are raised when he called the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Mm -hmm. So here we see Moses um, recognized this and, 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 and then he continues in verse 38, for he's not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting uh, insight into the perspective of God, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we, in a different episode, we talked about the experience of, you know, Jesus resurrecting Lazarus. Yeah. And he called what we would call Lazarus is dead, you know, he calls us asleep. From the perspective of God, um, no one has experienced a second death, right? Everyone is, who is what we would call dead, is to, from God's perspective, they're asleep. They're not dead, dead, dead. Like there's, there is a coming back from this because there is still a resurrection, dead, dead, right? Dead. Yeah, yeah. The dead, dead, dead is like after the, the <laughs> third coming and all that. So okay. what we see here is that from God's perspective, uh, you know, he to, he's the God of the living. He, and, and, and even though, um, uh, you know, uh, Abraham and uh, Isaac and Jacob are dead from our perspective because they had faith in him, God knows they will live again, mm -hmm. right? That's why he calls it a sleep. And, and, and so mm. uh, Jesus is trying to help the Sadducees see like the broader perspective of, mm. of God's reality. And this is why he said, you know, you don't, you don't know the power of God. You don't understand. Right. And in the same way, I feel like uh, for me personally, how do I approach God? Do I believe that he has the resurrection power? Uh, is he just, you know, God, he's there and, you know, but how, how much of his power is alive in me? Mm -hmm. is, is he, as, am I letting God with his resurrection power do this work that I cannot do for mm. myself in right. my life? Right. Uh, is he really my God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Mm -hmm. uh, the God who can say to somebody who's dead that he's alive. Uh, right. So uh, this inspires me to have more faith because I have been on the side of the Sadducees too often experientially in my mm -hmm. walk with the Lord. Right. Uh, and so I'm, I just appreciate uh, this passage here. You know, one thing that, that's really powerful about scripture is, and we've, we've talked about a little bit in the last, last episode, um, but from it, it's almost as if God has to condescend to our level, and He's kind of, He does explain things chronologically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So hey, you're gonna die, but you're gonna sleep, but then you're gonna be alive again, and then you know, like there's there's that timeline. Yep. But when God is speaking, He's speaking as if you know there is no past, present, and future, and it's all kind of almost just jammed together, you yeah. know? He, that's why he's the great I am. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He uses the present tense and things that haven't happened yet or the, yep. the past tense. I mean, it's just kind of, and so 
when we read uh, the earthly reality through that lens, mm -hmm. it sometimes scripture sounds like, oh, the dead must be alive already mm -hmm. up in heaven right now, yep. right? Yep. But, but, the, but there's other parts of scripture that, that contradict it when it's so blatantly, literally, literal and obvious. Mm -hmm. But from the perspective of God, he's like, I am God, I am all powerful, mm -hmm. I am, I'm, and he says, through the eyes of faith, Abraham and, and uh, you, you know what I'm saying. I yeah. guess that's, that's, I'm not trying to be eloquent here. I guess the question is this: How do we mm -hmm. develop that kind of language, that kind of faith, that kind of understanding, where it's not like not so literal and past, present, future, but having the eyes of faith and seeing that covenant reality now, going back to covenants, or going back to like, mm -hmm. hey, seeing the, the millennial judgment, living that way now, yeah. mm -hmm. or you know, and and that's how Jesus lived, yep. right? Mm -hmm. How do we get into that mode more? Mm -hmm. More than what happens to you when you die is how should we live on this earth when we're alive? Is mm -hmm. the yeah. Kelly. I believe a big part of that comes with knowing all the things that you okay. just said. Okay. And that is we can't have a worldview, like it's very pragmatic. Like you can't have a worldview if you don't have it. Like you can't live a certain way if you don't actually know the truth behind it. Okay. So living in view of eternity, living in view of the reality that is because of what God has created and God has made so, it requires us to know what it is. Mm -hmm. And it requires us, I think that's something you said like a sermon once, of just like burning your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at the mm -hmm. sun, you see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the same concept of having so much of the Bible, not just memorized, but like understood mm -hmm. and meditating on it. It's like, this is just, this is what life is. Mm -hmm. And I, it reminds me a little bit of when I start reading books of a certain author, I start talking like them mm. because I just, it's just what happens. <laughs> them, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like when I was teaching, I taught like Jane Austen, I started talking like Jane Austen or I talk like Shakespeare. It's, it's weird. Oh, uh, pardon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I read like The Great Controversy really quickly one time and oh. I started talking like Ellen White. Oh, it was, it was yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah, so that's what happens. But when you, when you, it's still the same point of when you absorb so much from one source, like it influences the way you communicate, yeah. it influences the way you see things. Mm -hmm. And so like, I remember I was actually recording The Great Controversy for a audiobook, And so I read it in like six days. Mm. It's, it's, and so it's a long book. And so when I was doing that, I'm like, everything I'm, everyone I'm talking to, I'm like, this relates to that chapter, this relates to that, this relates to this. And everyone's like, all right, like, calm down. <laughs> like, it's okay. But it's just because it was so in my brain, like you can just see it everywhere. Yeah. And so when, when we read scripture, constantly when we are really bringing the truth into our lives, you just see it everywhere. Mm. And it's as natural as Jesus being like, that's such a silly question. Don't you know there's no marriage right. in heaven? Mm. Like to Jesus, he's not like, wow, you really got me good this time. Mm. Let me think about that. Right, <laughs> he's right. like, okay, yeah. this is, let, let me break it down for you. So there's no marriage in heaven. Also the resurrections in the Pentateuch. Also God can raise people from the dead. Yes. So I don't really know why you're struggling so much. Mm. It, it was just so there for him. Mm -hmm. And it's because he was so in tune with his father because he was so in tune with truth. Mm, you know, it's uh, I, you asked the question, you know, how can we keep this real for us and how can it impact our lives? And I'll be honest, like I struggled with this at times because like just the reality of existing and, and all the things you have to do and all the earthly things that we are occupied with and taxes and all this stuff that's just taking our time, <laughs> right? And social yeah. media and all these things, it, it distracts you from, the, from these really solemn, beautiful but solemn realities that are ahead of us and are happening right now. Um, so one thing that helps me is to, as we have this knowledge, how do we put it into practice? Well, what is our purpose in, uh, in these end, end times? It is to share this information, the good news of Jesus, uh, through our words, but mostly through our actions mm -hmm. with the people around us. So having an intentional life of serving others, an intentional life of sharing truth, 
you know, uh, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, uh, and, and, and pointing people to the fact that Jesus is coming soon, that there is, you know, we cannot just live our lives however we want to. There are, there are parameters that, uh, that exist for our benefit. So if we point people to Christ, if that becomes uh, a major uh, driving force of what I do, it keeps these things fresh. As soon as, I as soon as I go away from, or you know, take a step back from all oh, serving because I'm too tired, I don't want to do anything. As soon as I don't you know, share the Bible with somebody, I notice in my life how I start drifting. So like starting to focus, focusing daily on opportunities, it doesn't have to be you know, massive evangelistic campaigns every time. It just can be like a small right. thing you can mm -hmm. share with somebody. Uh, putting into practice the knowledge that we have keeps me fresh and keeps it, you know, yeah. Reminds me of, of these realities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was going to just add in a, in a different dimension, you know, in, in mental health, we, they have this concept called being grounded, right, mm -hmm. and learning to be present. And you think about the fact that many times we don't take the, 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 the time, right, when you're driving through your neighborhood or your city, really to appreciate what is on the way unless you walk, right, because it forces you to slow down and to see, mm. you know, what is there. And in the same sense, when you deal with God, God wanting his people to remember things in the past, like in Samuel, and he raised up an Ebenezer, right? When he said these past things, I want this to ever be, to live with you. When he orchestrated the Lord's Supper, he gave them something physical that was, you know, sensual that could appeal to their senses to remind them that, hey, as often as you drink this wine, you know, and mm -hmm. eat this bread, it does, you show the Lord's death until he comes. Mm -hmm. When you deal with future realities, I would also add the same just to take that moment to be present and to be grounded in the truth and to sit down and say, I will be resurrected, right? Mm -hmm. I will see, you know, Jesus will come and the dead in Christ will rise and to be present and to really think about that in that present moment is what God as the I am is, right? Mm -hmm. He's always present and nothing that is happening on the earth distracts him from that present reality that Abraham is alive to me, mm -hmm. right? That and. And we need to learn that ability to be present as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going back to an earlier question too about the Sadducees of today, yep. I think it's important to remember that we can still be a Sadducee even if we're not a Sadducee entirely. Mm. So like, I don't believe in macroevolution. I think it's super whack, like absolutely not. But there are certain times in my life where I can tell that God is calling me to do something or teaching me something, but I'm like, but I can't see it through in my head. So I can't, I can't walk in that direction. Because, because I can't see it until its end, because I can't see all the steps in front of me, mm. because I can't touch or see, you know, like I, I'm, I'm mm. bound by the same things they are. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I can read it, but like, I, I can't see it. So I just don't believe you. Mm. And I might not say that explicitly, but my life still betrays that belief. Mm. Right. And so we don't have to be a Sadducee where we're like, yeah, evolution's real. We can still be a Sadducee where we're like, Jesus, I trust you in these things because I've seen them. Mm but I don't trust you in those things because I've never seen them before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that still limits our experience with Jesus. And he still loves us. He still gives grace, but we limit our own experience wow. with him mm. because we don't take him at his word. You know, my takeaway from you guys talking, I'm just thinking like God does not see time the way that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that God transcends time. God is in time, God, but he's yeah. experiencing right. past, present in a way that we just do not understand. Yeah. And the only avenue that we can get into that kind of thinking is really scripture, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Scripture was written in the past. It's pointing to the future, but it's about now. Mm -hmm. And whether it's about, you know, walking from your car to the supermarket or whatever, mm -hmm. rather than parking to the handicap zone, 
unknown or whatever. It's about <laughs> living in the present with faith in the future of what God has done in the past. And this kind of thinking really gets us through the rough times, especially when it comes to the topic of the dead. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week as we continue our conversation on Beyond Death. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.